Hello, this is uh, Pastor Vic Torres again, and uh, it's good to be with you again as we continue uh, in our series on the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Now, in the last post, and that was post number 163, the focus was on why we need the Holy Spirit. And we need the Holy Spirit in order to walk in righteousness, to overcome sin, and to defeat the enemy, the devil, and the enemy of our soul. So we can sum, sum this up in a, in a process that's called sanctification. That's what we talked about last time. When we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in our lives, we are declared sanctified or holy. This is our new position. Key word there is that position in the Lord. But at the same time, we enter into a process of becoming more like Jesus in our thoughts, in our words, and in our deeds. This is what a faithful Christian is. A faithful Christian is a work in progress. Becoming more like Jesus is our life's work. Now again, sanctification has two parts. Our position in Christ, which Jesus purchased for us, and the work that we must do with the help of the Holy Spirit to become more like Jesus in our character. Now understanding the principles of sanctification is to understand why Jesus sent us a helper, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit leads us, he teaches us, he guides us, and most importantly, he empowers us to live the life that the Lord has called us to. While our position of being sanctified never changes, our personal lives continually change. And this process of change is called transformation. Let me read to you 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So we see that the transformation process is that we become more and more like Jesus in our character. Now, as I said, the goal of transformation is to become more like Jesus in our thoughts, our words, and our actions. So listen to what the Apostle, the Apostle Paul says in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. I'm sure there's a familiar scripture. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, the term reasonable service in verse 1 is usually translated as spiritual worship. Therefore, our transformation process is seen as worship by the Lord. Too often we think of worship as, well, going to church or, or singing worship songs. And while those things are important, it's not as important as a life that's been transformed. You see, Jesus wants to change you from the inside out. The phrase renewing of your mind in verse 2 means that, that we must examine what we believe and why we believe it. And if it does not line up with God's view, which is presented in the Bible, then we must reject it and replace it with the biblical view. Most of us have been brainwashed by our secular worldview. By secular, I mean non-church or humanistic view of life. And now the Lord wants to wash our thinking 
with the pure word of God. Now, I know I've talked about this before, but, but it is so important to talk a moment about worldview. Worldview answers basically five questions. Origin, where did I come from? Two, destiny, where am I going? Three, has to do with purpose, why am I here? Four, values, how should I live? And five, truth, what is the truth? For a Christian with a biblical worldview, these five questions should be answered in the following way. When we talk about the issue of origin, then uh, I was created by the one true God and I was created in His image. And all of humankind has been created equal. Number two, destiny, where am I going? I am called to believe and serve my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my destiny is to become more like Him and to spend eternity with Him in heaven. How about purpose? Three, why am I here? I am called to represent the grace and mercy of Jesus to a lost and dying world. I'm called to evangelize, to disciple, and build up the body of Christ, which is the church. Number four, values. How should I live? Well, as a Christian, I should live in peace as much as it's possible, and I should demonstrate the values of love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, patience, gentleness, and self-control. What I've described are the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is described in Galatians 5.22. And finally, truth. What is the truth? The truth is found in the Bible because the Bible is inspired. It's God-breathed. That's 2 Timothy 3.16. And in Psalms 119, 160, the, the, the verse says, the entirety of your word is truth. John 17.17, 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth, and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. See, a secular worldview has very different answers to the five foundational questions which we've just mentioned. And to be honest, we are all influenced by secular thinking. Therefore, the, therefore the, the mind, what one believes, must be changed or transformed. And this can only be done by faith in Jesus and His Word. What I mean is that we must accept the Bible as the source of truth. The Holy Spirit reveals the truth, and then by faith, we must walk in that truth, regardless of what the world teaches. It requires a mind change directed by the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of Truth. Now we know that Satan, or the devil, wants us to believe the lie, uh, that the biblical worldview is not based on truth. And to do that, he makes the secular worldview seems so natural and attractive. However, if we believe that the Bible is the source of all truth, you can begin to see where the battle comes in. It's a battle for what you will believe. The Lord appeals to the spirit, whereas the devil appeals to the flesh. The Apostle Paul recognized this truth, this dilemma, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning in verse 3. And he says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not fleshly, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, 
grab a hold of that word, strongholds. Casting down arguments at every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Taking every thought, bringing it into the truth of Christ. Now notice the word strongholds in verse 4. Strongholds are those beliefs that we hold on to strongly, even when they're wrong. Then in verse 5, casting down those ways of thinking that are contrary to our knowledge of God and choosing to line up with the truth of God. And this is accomplished by learning how to walk by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. I'm sure you've heard it said that our spiritual battle is, the, is, the, is in the battlefield of the mind. And Romans 8, beginning in verse 7, supports that. And this is the English uh, version. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. We are victorious in our battle as we let go of wrong thinking and, and embrace the Lord's view on the five issues of life. The psalmist, David, King David, who the Lord said about him, he is a man after my own heart, understood this. And David said in Psalm 25, beginning in verse 4, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. And then in Psalm 86, verse 11, David says again, says, Teach me your ways, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Now, there are some practical advantages to transformation. Transformation is the victorious renewing of the mind, which is necessary to do the following. Number one, to be able to walk in righteousness, doing the right things. To be able to walk in love, regardless of what's happened in the past. To be able to overcome temptation and sin. To recognize the, the trickery and deceit of the devil. To defeat the enemy of our soul, the devil, by resisting him. And finally, five, to fulfill the Great Commission. To win the lost, that's evangelism. To train them up, that's discipleship. And then send them out to take those that, to, to evangelize and disciple others. And by the way, it also, for boldness as a Christian to live our lives. And in that is also the truth that the Holy Spirit will give us the right words to speak in a situation where he's involved. You see, communication with the Lord comes through the Holy Spirit. The key to transform the transformation process is communication with the Lord through the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, beginning in verse 19, says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? The Holy Spirit lives in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Because the Spirit of God lives in us, the channels of communication are open. When we pray, we are speaking to God, and the Lord can speak to us in a number of different ways. There's no limit to how God can communicate to us, but I think the most basic way is through the Bible. 
The, when we refer to the, the Bible, we're talking about the logos, the logos word, the written word. It is the foundation of all communication with our Lord. We use the word logos to describe the literal words, the literal words of the Bible. When we read them or we listen to the Bible, it's the logos word. The Bible is the foundation of everything that we believe as Christians. While the entire Bible is true, it is the New Testament or the New Covenant that shows us how to live. The life and teachings of Jesus are the models of how we are expected to live. The second way, you know, is, is, is recalling Scripture. The Lord can speak to us. If we have the Word in us, then He can call those Scriptures to the surface again. And we often refer to that as the rhema word. See, when we're familiar with the Bible and we meditate on the truths of the Bible, the truth becomes embedded in our hearts. The Holy Spirit now has the opportunity to recall to our memory the Logos word when we're facing temptation or decisions. This is what the rhema word is. It's the word that becomes alive in our everyday lives. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit, God can speak to us through conviction. This is the work of the Holy Spirit to persuade us to avoid the wrong decisions and to do the right things. That's righteousness. Some like to use the word conscience or the ability to discern right from wrong. And this is true if biblical truth is the judge of our thoughts and action. Then, of course, there are circumstances. The Lord is able to arrange circumstances in our lives. We sometimes use the terms that the Lord opens or closes doors. And there are many biblical examples where the Lord ordered the steps of His righteous ones. But again, we must ask the question, is what I believe the Lord is doing lining up with His Word, or am I being deceived? And finally, there are messengers. And throughout the Bible, the Lord has used messengers. They may be angels. Actually, the word angel, when translated, means messenger. Or they may be prophets, or even ordinary people. And it, it, though, that word can come through, through dreams and visions. However, in all cases, what we believe, or what we're understanding, has to line up with the Word of God, the Bible. Then, of course, there's peace. As a Christian in the midst of a difficult decision, it's important to trust the peace of God in a situation. When what you are doing is in line with God's character, you will sense peace. If you experience conviction, don't do it. Philippians 4, beginning in verse 6, says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Now, of course, you're probably thinking, well, how can I be sure if it's the Lord? And, and that's a good question. Because we know that there are many spirits in the spirit realm. And Ephesians 6, beginning in verse 10, describes that. And the Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, 
against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. As this section of Scripture shows us, our spiritual battle is not with people, but against the spiritual darkness of wickedness. You see, there are many spirits trying to speak into our minds. Therefore, we must learn to recognize and discern the one voice of the Holy Spirit of God. And the one thing that, can be, that we can be sure of is that that voice will never speak contrary to the Word of God. Or, 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 or describe Jesus uh, as, as, and His character as a lie. However, the voice or leading of the Spirit that confirms the Word of God is what we call a personal revelation that we have to obey. The only way to receive personal revelation from the Lord is to be in His Word, in the Bible. It's difficult to recognize the Holy Spirit without the Bible. After all, the Spirit of God is the author of the Word and knows the heart of God. That's why the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth. Too many Christians rely on emotions, but emotions can be very deceiving. As a pastor friend of mine used to say, feelings come and feelings go. Feelings can be deceiving, but the Word of God is always true, no matter what you're feeling. And so I just want to encourage you this day to press into the Word. Find time to be in the Word, either reading the Word or listening to the Word. The Word is, 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 is your map to moving in the victory that Jesus has purchased for you at the cross of Calvary. I like to think the Holy Spirit is the compass that leads you and guides you on His righteous path. So Heavenly Father, just bless every listener, bless everyone who's watching. Lord, cause them to understand how important your word is and how important it is to learn to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. And so Lord, we thank you. We praise you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you the next time. Unless otherwise noted, all scripture quotations are from the New King James Version of the Bible. Copyright 1982 by Thomas Nelson. Used by permission, all rights reserved.